0: Coming up, I have football and I have teen culture for you. Two of your favorite things. Well, maybe one of your favorite things, but which one will it be? You'll find out next. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra, my go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra, not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game. Right now, than ever before, with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at mclobalcher.com slash courtside LDA 21 and up. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. Earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield. When you open a savings account with Apple Card, visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card Subject to credit approval, savings available to Apple Card owners, subject to eligibility savings accounts. Provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. We're also brought to you by the Ringer.com and The Ringer Podcast Network. Our Ringer fantasy football show, they did a year-end kind of award show, but they did it in the style of the rewatchables, which... It was fair game for them to do because Craig Horlbeck, who is one of the hosts on that show is also the producer of the rewatchables. So they did all the rewatchables categories and tried to figure out, um, how to apply it to the fantasy season. So I thought that was pretty fun. Check that out. Check out the, uh, the end of the wire way down in the hole with Van Lathan and Jamel Hill as well, which wrapped up season five and now is done. I have new rewatchables coming for you on Monday a very famous movie. Stay tuned for that. You can listen to Mr. Holland's Opus, which went up Monday as well. Uh, Coming up, going to break down week 17 and all the playoff ramifications, and more importantly, all the gambling implications with Peter Schrager. And then my daughter, Zoe Simmons, came on to talk about the year in teen culture. The best and the worst. There's a lot of worst, not a lot of best, but uh, she is just in this, (laughs) this whole universe that I kind of pass through every once in a while when I walk into a room and like, what are you watching? What is that? She's going to explain all of it. And, uh, and that is on next first for the last time in 2020, our friends from Pro Jam. <laughs> All right, Peter Schrager is here from Good Morning Football. We're taping this on a Wednesday afternoon. And uh, I've been getting killed in million-dollar picks trying to do these, <laughs> do these picks midweek. But we're going to do some big-picture stuff first, talk about some coaches. The first thing I wanted to talk about, though, is I was looking at the NFC championship odds. And this is one of those rare seasons where I'm not sure I like any NFC title team. I was, I was kind of waiting for the Rams to come through, and now it looks like that's falling apart. They might not even make the playoffs. Goff has a broken thumb who do you if you had to bet i'm going to give you all these odds green yeah. bay right now to win the nfc title is plus 155 and they're probably going to have the bye week unless something disastrous happens against the bears the saints are plus 255 seahawks are plus 425 tampa's plus 450 and then it jumps it goes to the rams at 15 to 1 the bears at 30 to 1 uh tampa's oh, I, I said them plus 450 the red the the washington's plus 36 to one, basically Arizona's 44 to one. Is there anyone that do you feel like there's even close to a sure thing or
1: do you feel like there's a tasty sleeper? Yeah. The value there to me. And I, I was texting you during the game and you mentioned it on your podcast with cousins. I think Tampa Bay is like suddenly good, suddenly angry, suddenly listen to all the critics and like, it's kind of clicking. I, they won 47 to seven on Saturday against the lions. That could have been the most lopsided football game we've ever seen. It yeah. could have been 80 to nothing. It felt like the varsity versus Pop Warner. And like I know those guys in that organization from the coaching staff to the front office, like they wanted to make a statement that game. I think they're gonna make a statement this week, even if it is Gabbard, whoever plays. Um I, I feel like they're on a tear and they were pissed off at everyone critiquing them. So value play, I think the Bucks, but Packers, if that wasn't a statement Sunday night in the snow, I'm not sure what wasn't. So Bucks plus
0: 450, if you put them in a Super Bowl matchup, you could put them with uh Bucks Chiefs is seven to one. The one that I thought was tasty. <laughs> Bucks Bills 27 to one. I mean, just from Let's an go. odd standpoint, that seems like the best value because I like the Bills the most out of any AFC team right now. I I it's funny, I was thinking the same way with you with Tampa. I'm not sure they're any worse than any of my other options. So if I'm getting plus 450 to win the NFC title, you know in round one they're going to be playing whatever the NFC East team is left. So it's like a borderline
1: buy. And then who knows? And then who knows? And Brady will be going into where? Let's say Brady as the five seed beats Washington or the Giants or the Cowboys. And then they've got to go play the two seed all right so are we gonna roll our dice and say all right brady can go into seattle yeah i think brady and the bucks can go into seattle or can brady go into new orleans well it's not the craziest thing and they've beaten them twice and it's one of those deals where it's like it's really hard to beat a team three times and then it's brady in the snow up in green bay versus rogers i mean sign me up i I love that matchup so i like brady as a value pick and then the afc bills are playing better football than the chiefs right now yeah not wrong I, i don't know if they beat the chiefs in arrowhead in an afc championship game but gosh if it goes from seven to one to twenty-seven to one, yeah, absolutely. That's and that's a fun Super Bowl. If you got Buccaneers Bills, no one had that before the season started. The Bills did what I wanted
0: them to do in that Patriots game, not as a Patriots fan, but just as somebody yeah. who was a kind of a Bills believer as a real sleeper. Like they end of the season, December, just take care of business. Beat the that's crap true. out of every team you play. And that's what they're doing. They have a real swagger to them, too, that I think is going to be important because you're going to need a swagger to go in airhood and beat Mahomes.
1: You have to, and they lost to them at home in October, but remember, it was one of those weird games where it was rescheduled, they played them, they weren't, they didn't have Matt Milano, who's one of their star linebackers, he wasn't there. Was that bad and weather then,
0: too? That was a weird weather yeah. It was terrible, game, yeah. it
1: was in crazy rain, and oddly enough, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran for 161 yards, uh, and the Chiefs just ran all over him, and like... I don't think that game. I think that game is an outlier. I really do. I think that the Bills are a different team, and I don't think that defense is, is one that gives up 161 yards to anybody if they ever play them again. Clyde
0: edwards hilaire what's his deal heading into the playoffs? Yeah.
1: It's a big deal. It's a huge X factor. They their offense was not the same without him. So when he went down at the end of that Saints game, I was texting guys with the Chiefs, and they're like, "The hope is three to four weeks, but we got to take care of business next week, obviously." So now that they have the week off this week. Technically, they're going to rest everybody. So he's now got one week, two weeks. They'll have the bye week. That's a third week. And they're hoping he's back for the divisional round. But again, you know, I go on a morning show and we do it every day and we do flips for three hours, but every team like that might be the most underappreciated or under talked about storyline, like how good he is, even though he didn't put up crazy numbers for fantasy. He had 1100 yards from scrimmage and he is a nightmare to game plan against. I think if he's back, they're fully loaded. If he's not, you might see what you saw against the Falcons.
0: So let's try to talk out how the chiefs could lose in round 2 or round 3 you figure if everything holds um you figure tennessee and miami is the 4-5 yeah And the and the chiefs would play the winner of that unless there's a 6-3 upset or a 2-7 upset now pittsburgh i would say is a very vulnerable 3-6 and that could end up being pittsburgh baltimore
1: yeah in Baltimore round one, be Baltimore right? could
0: absolutely beat Pittsburgh, and absolutely. then all of a sudden, Baltimore is going to Arrowhead. We've seen that game before.
1: We've seen that game three times: Lamar versus Mahomes, and Mahomes has beaten him every time. I do feel like Baltimore is coming in with a different head of steam though this time, right? Yeah, I don't know what to make of that though because we haven't.
0: They're, they're doing what they've done for two years is they beat bad teams and Lamar looks great. And even last week, they had a blowout. Everybody was like, oh, Lamar. It's like, ah, really? You
1: know, it's a crazy stat we had that they have the the largest point differential of any team in the league this year. Like more than the Chiefs, more than the Saints, more than the Bucs, more than the Packers. Like when they beat teams, you know, the Jaguars, the, the Giants, they blow them out. But then when the good teams play them, they don't win. So
0: you think, well, let's, let's just say Baltimore goes there in round one. Yeah. It's at least going to be a physical game. Yes. Something weird could happen. I think the Chiefs would win it, but um, then they would go right to Buffalo the week after, which, you know, Buffalo's got a lot of weapons. And if the Chiefs can't run the ball the way that they did last year, I think they're vulnerable. I think it becomes harder for them to protect leads. And I do think, I believe in this blueprint that teams are doing against them, where they're just like, oh, run for five yards. We're going to take out Kelsey. We're taking out Tyreek. We're not letting those yeah. guys beat us. That's what Belichick would do. You
1: know, I watched the entire Falcons-Chiefs game, and it was frustrating if you're a Chiefs fan because they had to have that win. They had to clinch the the one seed. And it, it did seem like they were just kind of, you know, dicking around the first three quarters. But then, like, this is the same case against the Chargers. It was the same case against um, the Ravens. It was the same case against some of these games recently. Like, when they need to, Chiefs find a way to get that third and five. Mahomes runs for six yards, or he'll find Kelsey on third and ten. And then they seem to have this weird luck that goes their way. A.J. Terrell drops that interception, mm. which was a sure thing. And then Young-Wei Koo, who hasn't missed a field goal all year, just, just you know gets blocked or whatever it was. He misses it. So on paper, it seems like, yeah, look, they're not beating teams by enough and they don't look like they're that interested. And then they're 14-1, and one, you know? And like, are we going to wake up the morning after the Super Bowl and be like, oh, shit, they just went... 18 and one, and ran through the entire league, and we didn't appreciate them for the first three months of the season because they weren't beating teams by enough. Yeah. Buffalo's a weird one because last year, Josh Allen had that like short circuit against the Texans where he was lateraling the ball. He was playing crazy. They were up 16 points. They lost. I think they match up really well with the Chiefs. I really do. And I think Allen has already gotten over that hump of like, oh, bright lights. Like they went on primetime every week. Yeah. Like I I feel like last year that might have been a storyline. This year, he does have swagger, and I, you know, I, I, talk to those guys up there. He walks the walk. He talks the talk. He ain't scared of the Chiefs, and I feel like that's the kind of team that can knock the Chiefs out. I don't know about the Ravens this year.
0: The thing I like about them the most out of all the AFC teams is they can play from behind and they can play when they're ahead. I like that mm-hmm. they can run the ball. I like that they can protect leads. And I like that they can do different wrinkles depending on who they're playing, right? They can do that thing they did against the Niners where they spread everyone out, yeah. basically make Allen the running back, and they're just like, all right, try to stop this. They can go conventional and just run the ball down your throat and bring in more tight ends, all that stuff. They always have digs who can make a play. Um, this week, they're a little banged up with, the, with some of the COVID stuff, which we'll get into um, yeah. when we do million-dollar picks, but... The the concern I have for the Chiefs is the same I have for uh the Steelers, which manifested itself the last few weeks. They can't run the ball mm-hmm. at a high level. And if you're up three, you're up seven in the fourth quarter, you know, and the way you're you're gonna be able to move the ball to protect the lead is you're gonna have to throw it. That's when weird shit happens. And you pointed out yeah. the Terrell drop last week. That was a huge play and he should have caught huge it. Play.
1: It totally changes the playoff. Landscape, you know, if if he does catch that, then suddenly the Bills have a chance, and then the yeah. Steelers have a chance, um, and then the Chiefs have to play this week. The other thing with Kansas City is, you know, their defense does give up a lot of points, but they seem to make clutch plays when it matters. Yeah. And it's like one of those deals where they've got this guy, Lajarius Sneed, a fourth round pick that no one talked about, who is their best cornerback. He plays nickel, but he comes up with a pick. And then Chris Jones and Frank Clark could be quiet all game long, but they'll get the sack when it matters. So it's so hard to say, yeah, but with the Chiefs, because they do always, always find a way to win these games. Yeah, The the Bills do that with the five wide and the whole thing. And I remember they played Seattle. Everyone was talking about like Metcalf and Lockett and Moore and Russell Wilson was undefeated at the time. And look what they can do. And, all. and then the Bills came out. or are like, here's our five wide. We've got all these wide receivers and we're going to crush you. And you know, the Diggs thing. I think it happened the same exact day as DeAndre Hopkins was traded, and everyone did flips about DeAndre Hopkins trade. And that trade has worked out really well for for Arizona, and DeAndre has been great for them. Stephon Diggs leads the league in receptions and receiving yards. And I I, I speak to those guys, the coaches on the bill, they're like, "You don't you don't really know this, but like." You don't see it, but he's also the leader in the locker room. Yeah, like, That's the thing that they brought in. So with Diggs, who has been to the NFC Championship game with the Vikings, who has been through a crazy playoff win at the Superdome last year over the Saints with Kirk Cousins, like he has that for them in the playoffs too, which I think goes a long way. I The Bills, I'm really high on the Bills right now.
0: Me too. The Diggs thing's funny because he was kind of a dick last year in Minnesota, right? And if you're watching from afar, you're thinking all right, I see his point with cousins, but at the same time, this seems to me like a diva receiver whose stats aren't what he thought they were going to be. And he's, you know, just being a dick. And then you see him on Buffalo and you, and then you watch cousins for another year and you go, Oh man, no wonder, no wonder he was act- acted this way. must've driven him crazy. Like yeah. why weren't they feeding him more? I, I, I gotta be honest. I didn't realize he was as good as he was until the trade happened when some of the smart people who were crunching the stats and being like, he does this, this happened, he's actually this. And I was like, week to week, I didn't feel that way watching it as much, but man, the the stats don't lie.
1: No, and, and I, I didn't either, to be honest. And we've had him on Good Morning Football probably three or four times. Great personality, great kid, but I'm like, he's not built like Calvin Johnson. I don't know if he's got the hands of, you know, an Edelman. Like, I don't know what he brings that is such that next level and in the NFL, draft capital is everything. And you give up a first round pick, he better be a home run. And you know, I know the Vikings are happy with Justin Jefferson and they're paying him one tenth of the amount of money that Stefan Diggs is being paid. But gosh, that that addition that he brings, and you're right, it's like there was a play on the Monday night game where they played against the 49ers, where it was a pass, Dawson Knox, who goes in for a touchdown. But if you watch the play, Stefan Diggs takes out three players with a block right. he like gives up his body. And he's like one of the best blocking receivers also. I don't even know if I would have put him in my top 20 wide receivers before the season. I think he might be number one or two with Devontae Adams. There's a really fun scenario in round three
0: where we could have Buffalo at Kansas city and we need a little help. We need a six or a seven seed to win in round one, but we could also have Tampa at green Bay. Mm. And Rodgers, Brady in the NFC title game, which would just be out of control. And the Brady-Belichick rivalry, Brady's now comfortably ahead. But, you know, felt this way for the last couple years. If it's a shitty defense, he's going to do really well. And the better the defense is, especially the front, the front seven, if they can pressure him, all that stuff, he's a different guy. And I don't really know who has that defense to bother him in the NFC other than the Saints, which we already saw. I think the Saints well, could be the one team that could really come at them. I, do you see? Unless the yeah. Rams got in there, but the Rams—it's like they feel like a cross off at this point.
1: Yeah, Tampa also beat the Rams. Um, I mean, the Rams also beat Tampa. Yeah, that was but that was in Tampa. But like the Rams don't look the same. The big wild card or the X factor in all of this is that the Bucs beat the shit out of the Packers this year. Mm. Like earlier this season, like they beat. So suddenly it's like, oh, the mighty Packers. Well, the Bucks come in, and they're like. Rodgers, you know, I think he, I think Brady threw five touchdowns against them. I think Rogers threw a bunch of picks. It was one of those games where like Aikman and Buck were on it and everyone was excited for this big clash and the Buccaneers wiped the floor with them. So that was a while ago, but that one kind of lingers. Uh, defensively, the teams that give Brady trouble are right on, you know, the Giants historically, they did it. Um, and then the last couple of uh, games, it's been the Bears. Khalil Mack was breathing down his neck on that Thursday night game. The Rams, they were really good against him. And I guess the Saints, but, I, you know, you're right. You put that offensive line out there and you just give them a little bit more time. Brady has been dialed in. I'm, I never root for teams. I'm not like a guy. I just, that that's a cool matchup. Brady in Lambeau, if there's snow, like it's hard for me to say I'd rather see the Rams or the Cardinals go up to Lambeau instead.
0: Well, you know how this works. We won't get the two best matchups. It'll be no. some, somebody will crash the party. All right, we, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to tell us about some coach stuff and then we'll do million yeah. dollar picks. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe Spring. On the way, warmer temperatures, more time outside, more time away from your home. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you're doing what you can to protect your place and get a Simply Safe home security system, comprehensive protection for your whole home, a great way to keep you and your loved ones safe. What if you're going out for Easter for six hours? You don't think the burglars are gonna figure that out? That y'all, y'all packed up your car at like 11.30 on Easter and you drove off somewhere? Yeah, all they need is an hour. I'm not the only one singing Simply Safe's praises. Simply Safe named Best Home Security System in 2024 by U.S. News and World Report, recognized for the best customer service in home security by Newsweek. Protect your home today. I use Simply Safe and love it. My listeners get a special twenty percent off any new Simply Safe system when they sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit SimplySafe.com slash BS. Don't wait. That is SimplySafe.com slash BS. All right. How many coaches are getting the ax?
1: If you had to guess, over under four and a half? All right. We got three already who are vacant. I could think of two more that I know. So yeah, I think there's going to be about six or seven openings.
0: Six or seven openings,
1: yeah. not counting the interim. Because that does count the interim coaches. Counting the interim. Okay. So you got Detroit, Atlanta, Houston. Yeah. Um, and like, they're very touchy with this at the NFL network. And also I don't love it because it means that I'm firing someone, but like, let's just assume Jacksonville and the jets. All right. And then there's a couple wild cards. One of them being, I'm not sure what they're doing with Los Angeles with the chargers just yet. I think, um, it seems like there's some Anthony Lynn momentum. I feel like there is people love that guy. Can't they just hire him? Somebody to stand next to him that like the 12 year old Madden player and just try that for a year. It's so funny you say that because the thing is with him, like the players love him, yeah. the owners love him, and like around the league, a lot of people are like, Anthony's the man. But like, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the head coach next year. That's the you know, like, I don't know if you can keep him as coach after the way things went off the rails. So that's what I'm keeping my eye on. And I was a little bit surprised, but I think it's been, uh, you know, they're saying Vic Fangio in Denver is safe right now. So that one was a wild card also, but. Matt Nagy, I don't think, is going anywhere after the last couple wins. And there's usually, I would only say there's usually one wild card that we're not expecting that happens. And you're like, whoa, okay, that happened. So as of right now, those are the ones I see. Peterson? I think Doug hangs on. I do. I think they look at this as a one year deal and they say, all right, COVID was weird. We, we, you know, we don't know. You still got the skins on the wall and you still got the locker room. I don't think Doug's losing his job.
0: How about the only other
1: wild card I was thinking was Cincinnati? I think he's good. Okay. I think he's good. They've won a couple games in a row and like he, he, he's he's not a big personality, Zach Taylor, but the the young players seem to like him. And Burrow, who very easily could have come out of this thing and rolled his eyes, seems to be his biggest champion. So I think that helps a lot. I mailed you on FanDuel, they have
0: odds for the Detroit Lions next head coach. Let's break it down. Robert Salah was plus two hundred. Uh there's a bunch of other. I mean, there's a million names, but yeah. Jim Harbaugh um, was plus four Enemy was plus seven hundred. Arthur Smith was eleven to one. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed seeing Marvin Lewis at sixteen mm-hmm. to one. Uh, Todd Bowles at sixteen to one. Dabo Sweeney was twenty six to one. Uh, any
1: thoughts on that one? Yeah, that one's really interesting, actually. So let's first go through who's who's doing it. So they have. The heir to the Ford, uh, you know, family. She's going to be running the search with Chris Spielman, who I worked as a sideline reporter for on Fox. He was hired now full time as a Lions. He left the booth, yeah. to be the special counsel for this. Now Spielman, I've known him forever, is hard nosed football culture guy. Like he is your football guy, and he's in the gym at 5 a.m. at the age of 55, and he's working out and he's getting his squats in and he's football culture. Um, and then they've got some front office guys, and their president Rod Wood is going to be kind of a running point. I know already they've done a bunch of Zoom sessions for prospective GMs. Like they've already interviewed like six different GMs over Zoom. Coaching wise, they want culture, and they want like, ro- like the the right guy to build. They're not worried about X's and O's. You mean you basically that, so. what
0: they what they thought they were getting with Matt Patricia and sort we've of. done sort Yeah. Of.
1: I would say this Harbaugh, no shot in the state of Michigan after the things have gone at University of Michigan. So cross them off. I would say anyone with Patriots ties, cross them off because they just got done with Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia and it just didn't work. Um, Sala, really quick. The the dossier on Sala to the, to the Lions. Born in Dearborn, Michigan, two miles from the facility. Oh, wow. Okay. Both his mom and dad still live two miles from the Lions facility. He's Lebanese. They have the largest Middle Eastern population outside of the Middle East lives in that Detroit suburban area. Wow. Okay. And then he can also bring any of those 49ers assistants, which are all hot prospects. And he can have one of them as like his offensive guy. So he's for sure the front runner. And he went to, he went to, he had a graduate degree from Michigan state. He's got all that. Only other option. I think that I would circle is the guy you mentioned Arthur Smith from Tennessee. I think he's a thinking man. I think he's cerebral. And I think there's like, there's an offensive side of that that I think might excite them a little bit.
0: Robert Salah, two to one.
1: I go with it, dude. That's and, pretty and the good. Reason he, I don't, I don't, he'd have to either um, not interview well and not get offered or if there's another job available, Atlanta, Jacksonville that that wants him or the Jets and he just doesn't choose Detroit. But I would be very surprised if he went a different direction.
0: Do you think Gase might have saved his job last couple of weeks or no?
1: don't I love I love the way that team is playing I love the way they're fighting like I just I, I think Adam is is most likely going to be a coach somewhere else next year not a head coach but I'd be surprised I, I, look I've seen crazy things I've seen Pagano keep his job after everyone had fired him for months couple years ago Jim Irsay that night after they won like a meaningless week 17 game was like yeah let's bring it back for one more time like I've yeah. seen that stuff happen but I would think the Jets are hiring a new coach um any wild card college dudes
0: that you think yeah. are going to come in
1: yeah. A couple names. Um, this guy, PJ Fleck, yeah. who's the coach in Minnesota. I think he's 40 years old. There's been a little buzz about him in the last few days. I've gotten a couple of texts asking me, um, what I know about him, which is nothing. I don't, um, I don't really know him at all, but he played in the NFL apparently played in college has experience and teams kind of are interested in at least listening to that thinking. I think urban Meyer is an interesting one. Mm. I think urban Meyer is fascinating. Urban has been great on the Fox pregame show and like I work for Fox, so all disclaimers out there, they view their show, and I think a lot of viewers do, like right up there with the ESPN one, if you gave it a shot. Like, they like what they have, and Urban is one of the main reasons why. I think
0: Rob Stone's a real weak link, though. I don't know about that guy.
1: You know, hey, not every team is a perfect Fab Five. I just think
0: if if they could only overcome Rob Stone, I think
1: it would be a good show. um, but it is good. It's like Stoner, and like and they love <laughs> Urban there. Um, and when Rob Stone's not doing soccer, he's fantastic on the college football show. Uh, but the the thing with Urban is, like, if one of these teams was to hand him the keys, I, I, I'd i be really interested to see how it goes. And when I say hand the keys, I mean, you could be the coach, you could be the personnel guy, you could hire your own staff, and we're giving you a blank check. And, like, think about connections with Urban. A lot of people originally thought Chargers just because LA and there's Flash and there's still like, and then there's that Jacksonville where he was the coach of the University of Florida and Shad Khan has unlimited money. And that that franchise right now seems pretty rudderless. So I don't know if Urban would leave Fox. I'm not sure his contract situation with them, but his name keeps on coming up. And it does every year. But this year feels like it's coming up more often.
0: If you're Shad Khan, why wouldn't you godfather offer Dabo?
1: Not a bad idea, right? Like say you got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you, you, you know how good Trevor Lawrence is. Just attach your kite to his leg and let's go. And it's weird because like David Tepper, the Carolina owner, did that with Matt Rule last year, and basically was like, "Here's a deal. You can't leave your living room. I'm giving you this deal." And then as part of it, Tepper was like to Rule, like, "You can bring your defensive coordinator, Phil Snow, who no one knows. You you can bring him. I don't care. I'll take whoever. Like, I want you." So it's not the craziest thing. Shad, um, you know, his son Tony is a really interesting guy. He, I can't name. I don't know the. Might be Fulham. He owns one of the soccer teams out there in London, like Premier League. Well, he also owned, been, he owns
0: AEW, which is a legitimate wrestling.
1: WWF competitor. Right? And it came out of nowhere, I think. And it really does have a big fan base. And Tony and Shot are both kind of involved. And at some point there will be a passing of the torch. But you know, if you're Urban Meyer, if you're gonna get back in bed in the NFL, you're gonna have to have a lot of things. And I think that's a good those two would have to be really, really open to letting Urban kind of do his thing if it was Jacksonville. Are we sure Belichick is the Patriots coach next year? Ooh, I think so. Right. I think so. Everything I hear is he will be. And like the one name that hasn't been mentioned much this year is Josh McDaniels, who over the last couple of years was the hottest name, but You know, did he, it's like almost, you know, the blackjack player hitting on 15, hitting on six, like, I'm going to wait another year, wait another year, wait another year. Like, I don't know if there's an opportunity for Josh this time. And yet around the league is still one of the most respected offensive coaches. I just don't know if it fires up a fan base after this past season.
0: Well, and also when he, when he pulled out of the Indianapolis thing at the 11th hour, that's not great. That would make me nervous to hire him if I was in a hiring position. I mean,
1: Cleveland still interviewed him last year. It's, I don't think it's like, it's hurt him too badly. It's one of those. They didn't hire him
0: though. They didn't hire him. You're right. Right. I think you can miss your window as a GM or a coach. And I know this happens in the NBA. You see guys become the hot GM prospect. If they don't grab it for about two years, it kind of fades away and they move to the next crop of hot GM prospects, you yeah. know, and the same thing for yeah. NFL coaches, I'm sure that's the case. We always have the hot sure. assistants. I think it's for really hard. I, I was talking about this with somebody this week. I think it's really hard to tell. Like if you're hiring from a really successful head coach. And you're like, well, that's his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator. So this guy must yeah. be good, too. Like, how do you know?
1: Ultimately, it's with like the enemy. Like the is in a tough spot here because he'll will get I think Eric will get a head coaching job and he deserves it. He really does. He's fantastic. But it's almost unfair because Eric B can do all these trick plays and the players can rave about him and he can interview well there's still going to be people who say, yeah, but Andy Reid's the guy. And you have, and like, and he has Pat Mahomes. It's, and he got so Pat how Val, do you so evaluate
0: like, that other than I the know. interview and I, in talking to people? The fact that Mahomes vouches for him is great. I think he should get a job this year. But if I'm trying to hire a head coach and I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, he's got Andy Reid, one of the best, like eight coaches of all time. And he's got Pat Mahomes, who might be the best quarterback of all time. How do I know what this guy would be like if I'm
1: giving him Matthew Stafford? And no injury. Precisely. I don't know. Precisely. And then, you know, it's interesting. It's like funny how these things work. So Biennemi is still a hot name. And again, I think he will get a job and he will get interviews for sure. Their quarterbacks coach, Mike Kafka, who used to play for the Eagles and went to Northwestern and is like 30, maybe 29. I had people texting me this week being like, don't sleep on Kafka as a possibility. I'm like, wait, 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 wait be enemy. You're not going to give, you're, you know, but then Kafka who's 29 or 30, but he's the quarterbacks coach. Like, well, he's the one who works with Mahomes directly. I'm like, stop, just stop. Like, let's think this through. I, there's a couple of them. Well, Joe that's Brady,
0: like, that's a, But that's like a Joe judge thing, right? Where it's just like out of nowhere.
1: Whoa, wait, what? Yep. Joe Brady is yeah, another McVay, one. Everybody likes Joe Brady. Everyone loves Joe Brady. He's 30. And it's not like the Panthers lit up the league this year. And then the other one, you know, McVay was this hot shot guy and it actually worked out, but Um, His defensive coordinator is a guy, Brandon Staley, who's 38, and last year was the outside linebackers coach for the Denver Broncos. And now they're saying might get head coaching interviews because of how good their defense is. But again, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Michael Brocker is like, it's pretty good core to work with. I hope Jim Caldwell, somebody I made
0: a lot of jokes about over the years, just because every time they showed him, it looked like stock footage. But his team's yeah. won everywhere <laughs> everywhere he went, right, you know, and I think when he got fired he was ten and six
1: or nine and seven, something like that I think he was nine and seven yeah. I think the I think the Lions went like ten and six nine and seven nine and seven, and then fired Caldwell and hired Patricia, who didn't get better than like seven and nine like, Caldwell and Lewis over rolling the dice and keeping your fingers
0: crossed because somebody was a coordinator for a good coach. I don't know if fact I, I guess it depends what it depends what you' kind of what your motivation is, right? Do you want to just have a competent franchise or you're trying to win the Super Bowl?
1: Well, that's exactly right. So after this COVID year of everything being so topsy-turvy, I think there is something to be having an adult in the room and like, Hey, Marvin Lewis, like I know the players respect you and you're going to get it done, but is your fan base doing flips? Are we sure Marvin? The revisionist history on Lewis is that it's a, it's a miracle that that team went to the playoffs five years in a row with the lack of uh, you know, they don't have the most money as an organization. The, the facilities were a dump for a while. They don't have all the scouts. Other teams do his staff was limited. And yet they were always in the playoffs. They didn't win the playoffs, but there's that one more name is a guy named wink Martindale, who's yeah. the defensive coordinator of the Ravens. Again, not a 30 year old, not a 40 year old interviewed with the giants last year. And I could tell you from sources on the other side of it interviewed really well with the giants and is one of these like I don't want to say Rex Ryan because I don't want to, I, th- I think that might have a negative connotation of like almost buffoonery or some sort of like, you know, like more of a personality based thing. But like Wink has one of those guys that is in your face loud and the the players love playing for him. like a true players coach. I wonder if that works also this year in the offseason.
0: I'd be surprised if Peterson came back because I think that team is really poorly coached. You might be right. And you, might right. you could argue Frank Reich, and maybe I'm 25% bitter over the Super Bowl still, but you could yeah. argue the Frank Reich piece of it. Once that went away, that team's never looked the same. And at some point, I don't know, you got to look. You yet gotta they look went at to the whatever. playoffs the last couple of years, yeah. right? Like, hey, we got to talk about that. We're going to take a break and then we're going to break <laughs> down all the weird playoff shit and do million dollar picks. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't wanna to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you wanna know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay, that can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Vrbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. I love the NBA. When game day comes around, win or lose, this is the beer you want. Michelob Ultra. My go-to right now because I'm a light beer guy. Sorry, hate to break it to you. You know, I'll mess around with some other ones, but for the most part, really ever since college, I've been a light beer guy. Michelob Ultra. Not only does it taste great, 95 calories, crisp and refreshing. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like Michelob Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game. Right now, than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at mclobaltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. All right, million dollar picks. I got crushed last week. It was the first week I got crushed, I think since week one or week two. I lost 1.162 million dollars. Thankfully it was fake. <laughs> Down 1.412. <laughs> the, the big thing that killed me was I had a million dollar parlay with the, uh, the Cardinals needed to come through for it. The, the two teams I liked the most were the bears and the bills. And I wanted to put their money lines together with a team that I really liked. I picked the Cardinals and it's so stupid. You pick these games and then on Saturday, it's like, Hey, George Kittle's playing You're like what, <laughs> why is George Kittle playing? He had a broken foot. Now he's out there and then and you just can kind of see it come in and the Cardinals and then Cliff Kingsbury, the whole thing. Uh, and then I was wrong on Indy. I still can't believe I lost that one. I was up 24-7.
1: 24-7, and they, had a f- they, had, they stopped them on four downs on the goal line. It was crazy they lost that game.
0: Rams, Goff broke his thumb. The only one I felt like I just really missed was Philly over Dallas. Dallas threw all over them, and the Philly secondary crazy. looked horrendous. All right, so heading into week 17, I feel like I can win this back, and I'm going to break this Let's down do into sections because I think in week 17, I want to bet on what I know. And we're doing this early. I'm going to, I'm going to lower the numbers a little bit just because there's so many weird things can happen. But NFC East right now, Washington is favored by one and a half over Philly, all lines, courtesy of FanDuel. Dallas is favored by minus three over the Giants. I look at it this way. Who do you think's coming out of this division? Who's going to be playing Tampa Bay in round one? Washington has this crazy thing with Haskins gets cut on Monday, which we were sound. I talked about on Sunday night's pod. And they actually did it. Um, they they might play Heineken. That's what we call him here on the BS pod. <laughs> Alex Smith allegedly might play. Do I, do I want an injured Alex Smith whose injury is on his one good leg and the other leg has had 28 surgeries? That makes me nervous. Um, also, they're, they're matching up against this Philly team that Philly's Achilles heel is like, please don't throw on us. We have the worst secondary of all time. And Washington has one good receiver and God only knows who a quarterback. And then you look at this Dallas game, they're favored by minus three over the Giants. Dallas has looked good the last couple weeks. Dalton finally back. Like they can at least move the ball offensively and the Giants have looked like a dud and Jones doesn't look healthy. The lack of a running game and, um, you know, they had this nice run with their defense, but then you look back and it's like, oh, every week you played somebody who was either a terrible quarterback or a banged up offense, whatever. And it looks to me like the safe bet is just to take Dallas to win the division at plus 210. So the two teams that could foil that are Washington beating Philly
1: or the Giants beating Dallas. What do you think will happen? All right, so the timing of it all is so interesting too. So the Giants play Dallas in the early afternoon at one o'clock. The Eagles, uh, Washington's at night. So Washington will know who or what they need to do and the other team that plays earlier will know if Washington loses, if they're in or they're out. So it, the Washington deal is interesting. So not to get too much into it, last week, and I I botched this on Coward this week, and I got crushed by Washington fans saying I didn't know what I was talking about, but I do know exactly the chronological order of it. Last week, he has the pictures come out, and Rivera was about to cut him the next morning Haskins. when the pictures came yeah. out. Yeah, Haskins. He's like, screw it. like We can't do it. Rivera then you know, has one of these moments where he sits back and is like, all right, I got 52 other guys. Alex isn't going to be able to go this week. We can't, in the biggest game of the season, just roll out Taylor Heineke and say, All right, guys, this gives us the best chance, but I have to make a point. Um, Doug Williams spoke with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins apologized profusely. They stripped his captaincy, they fined him the most they could find him, told him he's on a zero tolerance policy. And then they lost, and then they lost. And afterwards, I think everyone looked at it and was like, what are we doing? Let's let's make a statement, and let's just move forward and get over this. So they cut him, but I don't think anyone there was fighting for Dwayne Haskins, like the players and everything. So if anything, I think they might be motivated off of that and be like, coach you know, has our back. They got our back. I, I don't think they lose to Philadelphia. Mm. I think they empty the clip, and I think they win. It doesn't even matter what happens in the early afternoon. I think Washington wins that game.
0: So the case for Washington would be – Everything you laid out with the Haskins thing, the post Haskins era. The fact yeah. that they really seem to like playing for Rivera. They're gonna have Gibson and McLaurin healthy in this game. So sure. they'll at least be able to move the ball a little bit. But they also played Philly week one and Kick their, their front four annihilated Philly's offensive Eight line. Zacks. Yeah, which I think Philly's offensive line's in worse shape than it was in week one. Yeah. I guess and Chase the-
1: Young was unbelievable last week. He had two four sets. like Chase Young, this could be the Chase Young game where Chase Young just single handedly just over over overpowers the Eagles and wins this game for the for Washington.
0: The other thing that you got to look at is Philly's up fourteen to three in that game, and I think they gave up thirty five unanswered. Yeah, thirty eight unanswered.
1: Now they're gonna rise up of like yeah, they might be
0: done. And it's a Sunday night game. It's it's what Jalen Jalen used to call the. your bag's are already packed in the hotel room. You're just ready to go to Cancun, wherever you're going to go.
1: Nate Burleson calls it the ship your car game. You shipped your car already. Like your car's already been shipped. The season's over. Yeah, We're so what does Philly care home. about? All right, so
0: you could either Love go Washington in that game. You could either go Washington minus one and a half or Washington minus the minus one twenty five. I got to say, I didn't think Heineken was that bad last week. Sal and I no, talked about it on right. Sunday night. He actually like, <laughs> like somebody dropped a long pass that it would have been like a 50 yarder. Yeah. He didn't look like frenetic, frantic to me. He wasn't awful. Certainly was worse than asking.
1: They were down 20 to three. Like there was nothing that he can do. And and guess what? If Alex Smith plays and he's on, you know, a decent leg, he. Could, Fletcher Cox got hurt last week. Maybe he's not out there for the Eagles. Like, I don't know. I feel like Washington will take care of business.
0: I also think it would be funny if Dallas won and their fans who have been adamantly out on this team are now watching the Sunday he night game, game intensely. Finally jump back in. Yeah. Um, here's my fear with the Washington pick. If you're the NFL, you want Dallas to be in that five in that four seed against Tampa.
1: Probably, yeah. You
0: want Dallas, Tampa in round one. So, um, I'm not saying they would rig the game, but no,
1: I think it will be. I think it will be hard NBA. for Philly to not get some calls. Um, I, I could hear you. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I, I feel like. Uh, Washington's story, as, as great as the, the Cowboys are for ratings, whatever else, like Washington's story, the NFL likes the Ron Rivera and the Alex Smith and the, the, what that franchise has been in their new era. Like, that's a good storyline for the NFL too.
0: Giants plus 360 to win the division.
1: I kind of like that too, though. Like, I just it's like a throw, like, I don't know. I feel like they've, the NFL, it's not because of the Giants. It's because of how fucking crazy this season has been where it's like, we don't know. like It's almost like you're throwing your money at the fact that we don't know shit, like that one. The Giants, who have not been just completely lifeless the last two weeks, could very well come out there, blow the doors off the Cowboys, and the Eagles randomly beat the Washington, and like the Giants are hosting a playoff game. In front of no fans, but still hosting a playoff game. The one thing I'd say about Dallas,
0: and Sal and I talked about it Sunday night, is Zeke kind of came out of his coma. Looked all right. And if he's going to look like the guy I watched last week, that could be something. So I think yeah. the funniest then, scenario is Dallas winning and then, and then some sort of Alex Smith Heineken combo yeah. uh, beating Philly as Doug Peterson does weird stuff. I actually like the Giants over the Cowboys. I do. Okay. Well, yeah. if you like the Giants over the Cowboys, then Giants plus three sixty is, I think, is a taste. Is so. a taste winner. All right, we're gonna mark all those down. Next one, we're grouping these two together because the NFC one seeds on the line, but also the last two NFC. Wildcard spots. So Packers minus five and a half against the Bears. Mm. Rams minus one against the Cardinals. Here's what's going on with the Rams. No Jared Goff.
1: Nope.
0: No Henderson. And now nope. no Cooper Cup. Nope. And a defense that I thought was really good last week until about the halfway point till the through the fourth quarter when they just realized whatever they did defensively, it wasn't going to matter because yeah, yeah. Goff couldn't move the ball. I can't believe it might be over for the Rams. On the flip side, the Cardinals have basically have an 8 game losing streak, not if the Hail Mary game didn't happen. Um and then the Philly, the weird Philly game that they barely yeah. won. They they're two plays away from losing eight straight. And I don't trust Kingsbury at all. And I don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of like the Rams and I can't, I don't even know the name of the quarterback they have. I feel like their defense can
1: win this game by himself. Yeah. So I talk to McVeigh often and like the, the fact that they're in this predicament has got to be killing him because if they'd beaten the jets two weeks ago, they're in right. If the Cardinals take care of business and beat the 49ers on that random game last week, the Rams are in. If the Rams beat the Seahawks last week, they're in. Now they're 0 for 3 and they've got to win this game without all these things. Truthfully, Goff has been terrible. Golf thumb or not, I don't know if Goff was going to get this win. Like I almost feel like, just watching from afar, let's roll the dice with this John Walford. So he's been there with them for a couple years. He was at the AAF last year for the Arizona Hotshots. His uncle is Will Walford, if you remember the great offensive lineman for the Colts and the Bills. But, like, again, I'm not going to do flips over him. I've never seen him play in an NFL game, but uh, I, d- I did the preseason for the Rams a couple years ago. Burleson did him last year, and Nate and I were talking. He's like, that guy was good in preseason. Like, he moves. He does things out of the pocket. And I don't know if Goff's head was right. Like, I honestly don't. So, at this point, just trust the coaching, and I think – McVeigh finds a way, even with John Wolford. Like I would trust McVeigh in this spot, knowing that they've already squandered it three times. I feel like he's not gonna let it happen fourth. Well, I have good
0: news for you. This line has moved four points since I looked at the lines three hours ago. It is now cards minus three.
1: I think because really?
0: Cups is Cup is out and uh and also I and Henderson I hear out.
1: Kyler, Kyler's likely gonna go.
0: And Kyler's gonna go.
1: Yeah. So but,
0: I, that's the word. But you know who else is gonna go? Cliff Kingsbury. We'll be seeing him in this game. So I Rams plus three. I like the Rams when it was minus one. Now the plus three. And you made the key point. It's like, oh man, they don't have Goff. It's like, okay, Goff, Goff sucked. He like, he was terrible five different times this year. How is this new guy going to be worse than Goff was? Goff threw an
1: interception last week. It was, it was the, one of the five worst plays of the year. Bill, it's probably the worst play I've ever seen. It was one of the worst interceptions you could ever see. If he just ran it, he had 15 yards to run. He didn't he throws it and it's at some point you're just like, all right, maybe a change is good. Now they signed Bortles, which could be a really fun, interesting wow. thing off the practice squad of the Buc- of Broncos that maybe if Wolford gets slow, that Blake Bortles ends up winning the NFC uh, playoff berth for them. But I just, you know, McVay's never lost to the Cardinals. And I know you could say, okay, well, that doesn't matter. That was previous years. I, Kyler's never played in a playoff game. Never been a big spot. Cliff's never coached in a game like this before. Like, I just, when it comes down to this, coaching matters to me. And I think Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Sean McVay are enough for me to pick the Rams.
0: I think I'm with you. I don't mind the golf thing. The cup thing's a problem.
1: Yeah, he's really good. Um,
0: okay. So we'll mark down tentatively Rams plus three. And then the other one was Packers minus five and a half over the Bears. The Bears are also plus two five to win this game outright. And... Basically, the Bears have to win, right? They, there's no, no way they can sneak in otherwise.
1: No, they can win if the Cardinals, the Cardinals if they lose, lose. And, the Cardinals, and the Cardinals win. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, the Cardinals lose. The Bears go. They need Card- John
0: Wolford to be good. Yeah. So we're probably getting yeah. Mitch in the playoffs. I don't see the Packers taking their eyes off the prize in this one with the one seed at stake and the bye and then knowing that they get to play the worst team left in round two
1: hundred percent agree with you and their home field is different than other teams. I honestly feel, I feel that way. And I know Rogers does too, that home in Lambeau in late January is different than, I don't know, home in Tampa or home in Washington or wherever, like fans or no fans and they'll have whatever the limited fans they can have. I just feel like Sunday night was an example of, like, the Titans had no shot. They came out there. They're a great team, Titans. They came out there and home at Lambeau under the lights, like, you're not beating Aaron Rodgers in those conditions. So the Giants have done it a couple times in the playoffs, and I know Kaepernick went in there and won in Lambeau, like, a few years ago. But I I just feel like Rodgers and lafleur they're on a mission here, and they're not going to take the foot off the pedal.
0: The one thing with the Bears, that, you know, a lot of fuss about Trubisky, but the guy that came out of nowhere was Montgomery, who looked like one of the worst running backs in in the league. Yeah. For a year and a half and all of a sudden he's got explosiveness and I think he's been pretty crafty and he's really helped them as well. And then Trubisky, now that they can run the ball better, now they do more play action with him and then Allen Robinson.
1: What do you do with Trubisky? Playoffs or not, what do you do with him if you're Chicago?
0: Or what do you do with them if you're another team that needs a quarterback? Because he's a free agent, right?
1: Yeah, they didn't pick up his option. So they can franchise him, I'd think. They could do that if they want and give it another like one year deal. But I think I, just, I honestly
0: think that's what you do. I think you franchise him for a year. Do it again. Yeah, one more time. Just
1: drag this on. You don't yeah. want to see him
0: go to like the Patriots for three I years, know. 75 million, and then all of a sudden the Patriots unlock him. Um I the Packers money line is probably the only thing I would do with this, this. Yeah,
1: I don't know about five and a half. And that game's being played at Soldier Field and the Bears need it, right? Like I I think the Packers can win, but I don't know if they're blowing them out in this game.
0: That would be a brutal loss for them. Reminiscent of, uh, Pat's Miami last year, yeah, where it's like, you have a bye week. All you have to do is take care of business twice at home to all of a sudden you're playing round one and you don't get, yeah. you don't get the whole thing. Uh, next one. So the two seed for the AFC and the AFC wildcards are all intertwined. Basically, it looks like the Steelers are tanking. They're fine with the <laughs> three seed. They want to give, yeah. they, they played five games in December. They want to give Roethlisberger a rest. Um, They're banged up. and The way
1: they see it is his health and rest is more important than home field advantage this year. Because with no fans, it's like they think it's whatever. So let's just make sure Ben is healthy. And if he's healthy and rested, let's go play anyone anywhere. That's how they look at it.
0: Which is great for the Bills because then the Bills know, all right, well, the Bills are favored by one of the Dolphins. The Browns are favored by I, nine and a half over the Steelers. And if you're the Bills, it's like, why wouldn't you rest everybody in this game and get ready for week 18?
1: Well, y- yes, because they already have the tiebreaker over the Steelers. But then you're kind of relying on the Browns to still take care of business with Mason Rudolph for the Steelers at the quarterback. But I would say this. I would not be shocked if you saw a lot of Matt Barkley for the Bills this weekend. That line's moved,
0: actually. It's gone to Bills minus one and a half. So a little half. What point was out. it originally? It was initially one. Browns. I just don't see the Steelers winning. I think they're fine with resting everybody, trying out weird offensive linemen.
1: Do you make anything out of the fact they're division rivals and the fan bases hate each other and they've beaten them twenty two out of twenty three times? And like the Steelers would love to just keep them out of the playoffs. Cause this would be the first time the Browns go to the playoffs since two thousand two. So do you make anything of like that stuff matters to the to like a Juju Smith Schuster or Deontay Johnson? No. Or is that just more like fan stuff? But those yes. guys
0: could care less. <laughs> then Ravens are minus 820 to beat Cincinnati. So Colts are out if Browns, Dolphins, Ravens all win, and then Tennessee wins. Tennessee's playing yeah. Houston. A Browns, Dolphins, Ravens parlay, it's, it was plus 160. Now that's even gone up a little bit because the Dolphins line moved a little bit. So I think that is now, that's now plus 165.
1: Can you throw the Colts in there?
0: You could throw the Colts in there. I don't trust the Colts.
1: Yeah, you've been burned by them. Yeah,
0: I did. The Colts have hurt my feelings a couple times this year, and uh, I'm I'm done with Phil Rivers. And they, they're in timeout. This might be his last game. So, Bills. Who who could fuck that one up? Bills, Steelers or Cincy?
1: You'd, Not Cincy. You probably I, I, worry I, about been, the Bills, and, right? Just being like, fuck it, let's end with a bang. Yes. Yes. They just got cool news that Cuomo said that sixty seven hundred fans will be there for the playoffs, like, yeah, which you and I can break down. Why would a playoff game be less covid uh, problematic than a regular season game? But that's hey. That's just whatever was decided. But, um, I, <laughs> the rules are we're in l a and New York. You and I could talk yeah. about, for a while about the rules. But truth of the matter is there might be a piece of them that's, like, Let's not even leave it up to chance. We want that home playoff game. We want the fans to see us. Let's blow out the Dolphins. But
0: And that's probably why Ma- I'm staying away from this one.
1: But McDermott is one of these smart coaches where I think he's thinking big picture here. And I think he, he, Josh Allen needs to be healthy. Diggs and those guys, they want them that first game. And if they play the Dolphins the next week, maybe you don't want to show everything anyway.
0: Next one. Actually, we'll take one more break and then we'll do the rest of them. Put it in your fridge. Watch how people just grab it. All of a sudden, they're gone. I also like McLoab Ultra because they're getting fans closer to the game right now than ever before with exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like signed memorabilia and courtside seats. Enter for your chance to win at McLoabUltra.com slash courtside LDA 21 and up. Okay. Uh, just some random games that I like the Falcons are plus six and a half over the bucks. We saw this game two weeks ago and it was a toss up. Falcons almost won. They can it's move the game. ball. They can get, uh, a cheap garbage time touchdown near the end. I think it seems like they like Raheem Morris. I don't know if he's going to get that job, but it does seem like they've been playing pretty hard for him the last couple of weeks. They hung with the bucks. They hung with the chiefs. If you throw away their last, the first four games of the year. They've actually been pretty good. Um, Six and a half seems tasty. The Bucks are kind of pretty much locked into that five seed. They know yeah. they're making the playoffs. I don't think they really care where they go. Do you?
1: Yeah, I think I, I think the Bucs are one of those deals where it's more statement to the rest of the league. They loved the way they played against Detroit. I could see them wanting to keep the gas on the pedal okay. going into this thing.
0: So maybe it's a stay away. Next one is Jets are plus three against the Patriots. Oof. This is just a, a flat-out short of the Patriots who looked as awful as I thought they were going to look on Monday night, And it was weird because, you know, the last 10 years, cause we, this happened to us with bird and Michael and Parrish. Right. And I remember going into the mid nineties, all of a sudden our team was terrible and it was like, wow, wish I had appreciated that the big three, a little more. So with in the Brady era, I think all the Boston fans really did appreciate the second half of it because they knew like, all right, someday Brady's going to be gone. Um, we're going to be dealing with some horror, all the cap ramifications yeah. of all the stuff we did. And we're just going to get our ass kicked and we're going to have some terrible quarterback and it's going to suck. That's lurking ahead of time. So let's enjoy this. And that's what happened Monday night. That's how I felt the whole game. It's like, this was, this was the check for the awesome dinner where it's like, Oh no. Yeah. Let's get one more thing of oysters. Yeah. yeah the yeah, bill shows up. Just get all the dessert. And you're like, oh, fuck it. And then the check comes. And everybody's like, what? wait, <laughs> Uh, Watching Newton and Stidham just bounce passes and sail passes. And uh, it was honestly depressing. But at the same time, we knew the moment was coming. And I don't see why it would be any better this week against the Jets. Do you?
1: Yeah. The the only... Okay, first of all, the the weirdest part was like them ending that game with just like six straight punts, like just completely like white flag, like surrender, we're done. It just did not feel Patriots. The um, only reason, and this is so petty, but... And I don't even know if the players respond to him at this point, but like, Belichick hates the Jets. Yeah, Hates the Jets. And I think he would hate to lose to the New York Jets in any situation. And maybe he can get his players to rally around that and say, like, we don't end the season this way. We're better than that. We're the Patriots. We have some pride. And McCourty and Slater and all those guys do a rah-rah thing. But I don't know. I mean, they just don't have it, They the don't ball. have enough talent. Offensively, if,
0: if Harris isn't going to play, they have no above average skill position player. Then and defensively, the Jets, no Gilmore. is already gone. Nobody on the front seven would scare anybody. And then, you know, then Gilmore's gone. So JC Jackson moves up and he's like a nice number two, but you don't want him as your number one. And sure. He's got a lot of
1: interceptions, yeah. but he also, yeah. Yeah. I just think um, the
0: Jets probably have more talent than the Patriots do at this point of the season, which is a horrifying thing. The Jets also, it doesn't matter
1: if they win, they're locked into the two seed. They can't get, they can't get Trevor Lawrence and they can't do any worse than number two. So look, the jets are playing good football right now. I'm not even saying that like jokingly. No. Like they played really well last Agreed. week. They played really well two weeks ago. So it's everything. right. the only thing is what you believe Belichick can bring out of these players. Because so I don't think Bill is walking in there and being like, ah, eh, whatever. I think he's trying to get the best out of them. There is a massive draft
0: pick disparity that I'm on multiple Patriot fan threads about.
1: What do they think? I mean, it could, what do we they, do?
0: the Pats could basically get up to like number six. If, if things fall correctly or they could drop into like the mid tens. And are you sold on quarterback no matter what? Or do you think free agent routers? I'm mad they won the Baltimore game. Yeah. The monsoon. That was like the big dick tease for, oh, Belichick magic. Yeah, we're back. Like, this
1: team had no talent. The chargers game was crazy. They won 45 to nothing. And then the next week the Rams just completely annihilate. them. Yeah. yeah.
0: They're bad. Weird year. I'm marking down jets plus three. The other one I really liked. This might be my favorite bet of the day is Chargers over the Chiefs. The Chargers are minus three and a half. Chiefs have already said Mahomes isn't playing. I can't imagine we'll see Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or uh Watkins or really anybody <laughs> who could pull a hamstring that wouldn't be recovered two weeks from now. I think they'll shelve all the skill guys. I think they'll be really careful with all their O linemen. And we've also seen Reed in other years completely not give a shit about week 17. Um And then you have the Chargers. You've talked about before, they're playing hard for Anthony Lynn. Herbert's going for offensive rookie of the year. They have like real stakes and the line's only three and a half. I
1: I think that line should be like Chargers minus seven. Yeah. So Kelsey last week, and it's so funny. I feel like it's, Kelsey could retire tomorrow and be a first ballot hall of famer. And we're going to be like, wait, did we appreciate what Kelsey, like Kelsey broke the record for tight end receiving yards in a season last week. No one even made a dent about it. Yeah. So there's no reason, there's no records for him. So he's not going to play. Mahomes won't play. I'm with you. I think they rest everybody, and I think this could be one of those: the Chargers win 41 nothing, and the Chiefs don't even think about it because who cares? We're going next week. We're on the bye, and then we start our playoff run. Like the Chiefs have nothing to gain from playing hard and winning this game. Nothing. I don't. If they were 14 and if they were 15 and 0, maybe. Because but it, be like 14 and one, there's been a lot of 15 and one teams. There's been a lot of 14 and two teams. You don't know the difference. I don't think there's any reason for them to even roll out any starters in this game.
0: Long shot parlay of the week. Houston is plus 285 against Tennessee, but Houston's got, they've got COVID stuff. They have, uh, some, I think some, some stuff about who the next coach is going to be. And who's that guy? Yep. Jack Easterby is just a maniac. <laughs> That's been the weirdest feel, story of the it's year. Funny.
1: It's It's funny. So Easterby real quick, cause you'll appreciate this. He was the team chaplain yeah. for the Patriots and he's done some coaching stuff the reason and then now like si did an article on him basically saying he's the puppet master in houston and he's firing o'brien and he's firing this guy like I've, i don't know him that well i've i've met him a few times like i also think it's one of those that the media found some like pinata and this guy's just getting just destroyed and i'm like i don't even think he's really responsible for this season i think this team was horribly coached this season yeah the team was not built well and I, you know, it's funny. I like JJ J. Watt and that, that, that bit he did about all that in week 15 and everyone says, oh man, JJ J. Watt's the best. Of course, all my cynical friends are texting me and like, oh, JJ J. Watt, like where were you all season? Like, right. What is it?" So, but if JJ J. Watt's calling out teammates, like, I just don't know what's going on in that building right now. And I feel like I would stay away at all costs from Houston.
0: I think I agree. I wanted to mention it. Um, Niners are plus 210 against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are in this weird position where they have like an outside chance of being the one seed, but they know they're probably not going to be the one seed. And the moment this game gets out of hand for them, they're just going to pack it in and get ready for week 18. Basically, Carroll's been around the block a million times. He gets how it goes. Niners plus 210. They've had this gritty, gutty, (laughs) fighting the elements kind of season. You got our guy, Robert Salah, ready to become a hero in Detroit. This would be his going (laughs) out party. Uh, so Kittle's good. back They they don't have any receivers Which is a problem Debo's out yeah. And Ayuk is out Mostert's out Bethard actually Looked pretty good last week Certainly he good did. enough To kill the Cardinals bet But I just like the plus 210
1: I think is like Semi-enticing with them Right? yeah I don't know if they emptied the bag though against the Cardinals. Like we're gonna have one last. remember, they've been I thought we talked about this. They're at, you know, not the motel eight, but they're they're not exactly living at the uh, the four seasons the last month in there Ar- in Arizona. This game ends. they immediately can go back to their families. I wonder if the eye is off the prize that Saturday was all right. Saturday was their Super Bowl. T- okay, that was it. Let's get this win. Let's knock out and then all right, the holidays are here, Christmas. Let's just let's go like, I respect those guys. They're all fighters, and I think they want to win for a lot of different reasons, but I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and they're not exactly as sharp as last week. Last
0: one would be Panthers plus 250 against the Saints. No McCaffrey, no Mike Davis, but yeah. the Panthers have just the entire season, anytime they're like six, seven, eight point underdogs, yeah. they're frisky as hell. Any thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, look, they gave Kansas City everything they can handle. They gave Green Bay everything they handle. And then last week, they do that to Washington. Um, I don't know. Rule Rule had a really good soundbite this week about how bad the Panthers have been in recent years in December, and like he doesn't stand for that. And these guys, like everyone, is on an audition tape right now. And you know, for Teddy Bridgewater, every one of these games matters. I think you know, going up against the Saints, I would think this game will end up being closer than just a Saints blowout by any means. And I don't know what New Orleans is going to do as far as playing all their starters either. So I would think Carolina keeps it close. Jags plus 750 against the Ah, Colts. It's tough. (laughs) tough. The only reason would be if they they
0: could win and still get the first pick.
1: Yeah, I know. And the only thing would be if India is so worried about the scoreboard that they keep their eyes off the prize. Like, I think everyone was knocked out of their survivor pools week one with the Jaguars beating the Colts. Here we are at the week 17. Does it happen again? I don't know. All
0: right. Let's do it. The million dollar picks.
1: Let's go. God, the Giants
0: plus three hundred and sixty is still staring at me. It's, just, it's I got. You know, and you when you can't co- do both, it's got to be there. You got to back. When
1: you could put all your faith in Joe Judge, you got to do it.
0: <laughs> are we? Are we sure they can't win? And then we're we're sure Philly. See the Philly part. I
1: think. What did Nate Burleson call it?
0: Ship your cars. This is ship your car game for Philly.
1: Yeah. All right. Like we're done. My car's already been shipped. I'm not, I'm, you know, the, I'm worried about the logistics of when u haul is coming to pick up my stuff.
0: All right. I'm going to scale it down a little this week just because it's, uh, it's Wednesday afternoon as I'm making these picks and, yeah. uh, God only knows. Don't you feel good though? Don't you feel lucky? I feel like this is the week. All right. Maybe I won't scale it back. Maybe talk into <laughs> million dollar picks. For week 17, we are down $1.412 million. I promise you by the Super Bowl, I'll be in the positive on that because I'm good in the playoffs. First one, we're going to go Washington minus 1.5 against Philly with my guy Heineken. Mm. What's his real name? Taylor Heineke. Heineken, Heineken works. Maybe a little Alex Smith for like a quarter and a half to inspire the troops. Dennis Quaid, any given Sunday style, who knows? Exactly right. I'm going to go 300 K on Washington, minus one and a half over Philly. Rams plus Mm. three over the Cardinals. We're going to introduce the Jared Goff theory here. When the line swings six points because Jared Goff isn't playing, what the fuck are we doing? He's Jared Goff. I don't even care who the backup is. Rams plus three, we're putting $330,000 on that. I just don't think the Cards are a playoff team. Cliff Kingsbury can't be
1: in the playoffs. Stop it. You're betting on McVay and Aaron Donald so far, and you're betting on Chase Young so far. You got to
0: look at it that way. Sounds great. That's right where I want to be. I'm going to stay away from this Bills, Dolphins, Browns, Steelers, Ravens, Cincy. There's too much weirdness there. Staying away from all that. Staying away from the Falcons. Going to take Jets plus three. We're going to put 200K on that one against that the Patriots. you feel weird doing that? No. We we bet no. on the Bills last week here. And then, uh, then we're doing 300K on the Chargers minus three and a half against the Chiefs.
1: Chargers are going to win that game by like
0: 30. Yeah and we're staying away from long shot parlay this week because didn't really like any of them. Those
1: I like that one you had with all the, the teams going chalk, all the AFC teams. You want to do that as
0: the as the long, semi-long? So that was Browns, Dolphins, Ravens is plus 165.
1: Browns, Dolphins, Ravens, and I said throw in Colts, but you refuse.
0: No, I'm not putting principle. All right, fine. I'll put 200K on that as well. Browns, Dolphins, Ravens, all of them just have to win. That is plus plus. 165. Those are the million dollar picks. Love it. For week 17, Schrager, you're doing 7 days a week from this point on.
1: Yes, we're in. Right through the Super Bowl. Let's go. What playoff NFL game Network. do you get to
0: pick your sideline playoff game or are they just assign it to you?
1: You know what? I don't know if I'm doing sidelines. Every year I do it for Fox, but I don't know with what's going on with COVID if I'm even allowed to and come back to the studio in New York. So we got to figure that one out. All right. Yeah, you you, <sighs> you get along with Aaron, right? Yeah, Aaron's awesome. All right, Aaron's
0: yeah. my girl. I just want—I want to make sure. I don't know once—once yeah. once people are on the sidelines, there could be little petty
1: rivalries. No, I don't know what's me, going my on there. I'm a—I'm a, I'm a white male who does the sidelines. It's me and Evan Washburn. <laughs> I'm like, there's no
0: competition. With me. You, you guys the-. are just at each other's corner. Uh, all right, Happy <laughs> New Year! Great to see you. Thanks for coming on. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? This is something I've thought about a lot over the last 25 years. Sometimes little kids enter your life. Sometimes you're just searching for that extra hour. Sometimes it feels like all of a sudden it's three o'clock, four o'clock, and it's like, where'd the day go? I barely did anything. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you so that you can make it a priority. And therapy can help you figure that out. A therapist can guide you through the process of defining your values and understanding your priorities so you know what things you can spend your time on that will really fulfill you. Otherwise, you'll always be wishing for more time. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bill Simmons today to get 10% off your first month. 10%. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash Bill Simmons. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. The experts at eBay know that inspecting every tick of your next watch is time well spent. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that every tick of your next timepiece is authentic. Time and time again, every movement inspected, every crown checked, and face verified. eBay dedicates time to the details and with authenticity guaranteed, they've got your back. Shop with the same confidence you'll feel when you put on that new timepiece. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, we're ending 2020 with something I know nothing about. It's the year-end awards for teen culture. My 15-year-old daughter, Zoe, is here. Hi, guys. I follow teen culture basically by just walking by her room and just <laughs> listening for two seconds to whatever weird video or whatever she's watching. But she's immersed into this whole world the same way that I was immersed in sports once upon a time. So I thought it'd be fun to have her give us the awards. And you can kind of see people listening out there, whether your parents or people in your 20s or whoever, just what a weird world this is. You, you admit this is a weird world, Oh, it's world, super right?
2: weird. Okay. It's completely irregular.
0: All right. You're not a weird person, though.
2: I'm not. I, I would say I'm sort of weird. No, I think everyone's weird. You're not
0: really weird. Okay. <laughs> TikTok follow of the year is?
2: Sienna May, who okay. is a new emerging star in the TikTok world. And she basically just spreads a lot of body positivity. That's her entire page The for the majority of it. And she's just dancing around and she has her stomach out or bikini on or big sweatshirt, whatever it may be. But she's just helping people feel comfortable in their own skin and that they were meant to be in the body that they're in.
0: Well, didn't she become famous from just some random video? That yeah, she off? just
2: it just took off. And that's what happens on TikTok. It's a, it's a lot easier to become famous just because Is it's that a, a good f- thing. Yeah, I mean, I think so for people like her, because now she's one of the biggest stars. She has millions of followers and she's doing great. I think she's awesome. She's around my age and she's super socially aware and doing things that other influencers aren't. And I just think she's super cool and she definitely deserves a TikTok award.
0: Well, you also like that this was the most negative year in probably American history. And there's at least one person out there who's spreading positivity. Yeah, she's
2: killing it. And she's taking the pandemic seriously and she's spreading awareness and everything. I think she's awesome.
0: Well, congrats, anime! You win the For Realzies Award for TikTok Follow of the Year. <laughs> Next one is YouTuber of the Year. And the winner of this award also won Best Adaptation to the Pandemic in 2020. Who is this?
2: This is Emma Chamberlain. And she's been a favorite of mine for years and years now. But I just think within the time period that we're in now and everything is so limited, she's taking whatever she has and making content. And Emma Chamberlain, she's... A hilarious girl. She's very witty. You how can tell is, how, how smart old is she Emma? is. I think she just turned 20 or 19. Okay. She's she's older than me by a little bit, but She's super mature. She lives in her own house. She does her thing. And she's super raw on her channel. Like she has mental breakdowns every other video. And she shows that that's okay, especially in the times that we're in now. You're so bound to be trapped or feel upset. And she shows that it's okay to feel that way. And she also makes really funny content. She has a coffee line called Chamberlain Coffees, which is huge. Everyone's buying from her. I just think she branded herself well. She's doing great. And she's making great use of what she has.
0: Okay. Okay. Biggest disappointment of 2020 is...
2: This easily goes to David Dobrik, who mm. we all know is one of my favorite YouTubers. And I still I still love him and support him, but he hasn't posted a video in like nine months. He posted one video throughout the pandemic, and it was for, like over his time limit. He usually makes videos four minutes and 20 seconds long. It was over the time limit. Super weird video with Borat in it, which was, I mean, I guess it was funny, but like... It just totally wasn't David, in so my what, opinion.
0: What do you think he's he's pulling back,
2: or is he I, I think a he's pulling back. I, and that's totally okay if he needs a break. But he's hanging out with friends every day and making TikToks and on all other other forms of social media, and all of his comment sections are like, "Ha ha, good video, David. Post a vlog." Like, that's his entire comment section. Everyone's super disappointed. And I think it's really upsetting because he was one of my favorite YouTubers last year. I watched him constantly, look forward to all of his videos, and he has all the resources to continue creating. So I don't know what you're doing, David, but get a hold of yourself. Come on, David.
0: Most fun COVID trend?
2: I think, personally, with a couple of my friends, I've been doing these Netflix parties on this google extension called teleparty yeah which basically you can just watch some netflix movie whatever you choose with a couple friends and you connect and there's like a chat window next to your movie and you can just talk to each other throughout the movie and it was super fun i watched the greatest showman with my friends and we were singing along to all the songs and stuff and just making commentary on the movie without actually having to hear their voices so you could still pay attention i think it's great
0: So it's like Zoom crossed with a watch party crossed with you're the peanut gallery for the movie.
2: Yeah, basically. But you don't have to actually talk. You can just like text. That's it's great. Go check it out.
0: All right. Next category. This is a good one. Feud of the year. What was the feud of the year in teen culture?
2: So I chose Bad Baby and Whoa, Vicky. And they're both... Well, Bad Baby emerged from her um, Dr. Phil interview. Yeah which she was just a total brat and she got famous for the catch me on side. How about that line to Dr. Phil and made a rap song on it and now is supposedly a legitimate rapper. But whoa, Vicky, another music artist and just influencer. Apparently, Bad Baby pulled up to her studio and they got in a fist fight and Bad Baby lost. Oh, And she's like, Posting tweets like, oh, if you think I lost, you're delusional, like all this stuff. Meanwhile, there's a video of, whoa, Vicky, like beating the crap out of her on a couch. Wow. So that happened.
0: <laughs> Who knew about, whoa, <laughs> Vicky?
2: <laughs> she, Surprised the
0: state of lead Leeds Sports Center. <laughs> I
2: know. She's been in trouble since the beginning. But I would say that's that's the biggest one that people are talking about.
0: Okay. Um. Well, this leads to song of the year. Favorite... <laughs> pop culture moment that crossed over into tiktok world and oh led God. to a weird collision this was the song i showed you because i still watch saturday Night live even though you don't i know what was it
2: this was a timothy chalamet pete davidson yeet skirt song <laughs> <laughs> which is probably the biggest tiktok sound right now i would say really yeah it's being used constantly through like different Interpretations of whatever want anyone wants to like. Well, the joke make of it, it they're into. playing,
0: they're playing two young kids who started a rap rap duo. Yeah, and it's just,
2: it's totally. And they're idiots, is.
0: and the other people on the set can't believe that this is like the biggest.
2: And it's like totally accurate. Like I know, like people, people on SoundCloud and stuff are just making these horrible songs and getting three billion views or whatever. And it's just. Yeah, that's a pretty good
0: sketch. Um, all right, this is a big one. 2020, the canceled culture canceled of the year. We have four nominees, Shane Dawson, Trisha Patez, Patez the, Trisha close. Patez, Jeffrey <laughs> Starr and Zoe Laverne. I don't know any of those any people, of but let's go on one at a time. What was Shane Dawson's okay. case for, uh, being so, canceled?
2: Um, Shane was a huge, huge YouTuber since the beginning. I would say he was one of the first big YouTubers and he's been around forever, but some stuff. Uncovered itself and Uh they found videos of him doing blackface and just like making super racist comments and then some weird child grooming comments and then some bestiality comments as well. The quadruple
0: (laughs) crown. Jesus, Shane Dawson.
2: Yeah. And he's, and last year he made a palette and he was doing great. He was thriving. He had this huge series going and now he's just totally like frowned upon and embarrassing. Yet.
0: Did he try to apologize? What happened?
2: I honestly, I think he knows that he is totally no in the back. wrong, and there's yeah. no comeback to angle yeah. for kids to watch him after what he's done. So Tough sorry, one for Shane. Shane. All
0: right, so he's one nominee. What, Trisha Patez. You said she Patez. gets Trisha Patez. She gets canceled <laughs> every two weeks.
2: Every no, every other day, I would say.
0: But that's kind of her gimmick. That's is her gimmick. She's she's
2: just a troller. Yeah. But she's absolutely ridiculous. Constantly. Starting some feud with whatever random person she chooses that day.
0: Right. Well and she waited into the Demillion when the when people the DeMilios, to DeMilio, yeah. she she, she to somehow
2: that got involved.
0: Can you tell that story quickly what happened just of so the people DeMilios. can understand how crazy oh, yeah. all this is?
2: So the Demelios started this series called Dinner with the Demelios, and it was one episode in. Pretty sure they're done with it now because of what happened. But they had a guest star, James Charles, come on. And they had a friend of the dads make them a nice, like, dinner. and He's a chef. And basically, Dixie D'Amelio tasted a snail that he put in their paella and ended up spitting it up and throwing up all over the floor.
0: And they're kind of making faces. And they're making faces. And
2: Charlie was like, I wish I just had dino nuggets or something. And it was just people felt it was super disrespectful towards the chef, which I agree. But they're also young girls and bound to make mistakes.
0: They're like you. They're like a year older than you. Yeah.
2: Well, Charlie's 16 and Dixie's 19, I think. So Dixie doesn't have as much leeway as Charlie does, I would say. But so that's, then everyone that's the gets whole mad story.
0: Because they're too successful anyway. Yeah, so they're the too successful. So it was, how does Trisha bound to get involved in this. And then
2: Trisha just decided to totally obliterate the situation, scream at Dixie throughout like five videos and Charlie saying they don't deserve a platform, like they're horrible people, they're bratty and disrespectful, they don't deserve the fame they have, all this stuff. And I'm pretty sure Dixie kind of clapped back with some sort of attack towards Trisha, which you never ever attack Trisha Paytas because right. she will always win, no matter what, no matter how many scandals she's been in, or even if she's wrong, she's always going to win. She's always going to get the last word. So, next time if you that's ever get in a wants. scandal, yeah, yeah that's exactly what she wants. Exactly what she wants. Okay. So if you get in a scandal with her, don't don't clap back. Just don't do it.
0: But she's uncancelable because
2: she's uncancelable. Okay. She's like. She's never so been she's canceled. not going to win
0: this category. What did Jeffrey Star do?
2: Oh, Jeffrey Star just—they found out he's made a bunch of racist comments, kind of similar to the Shane situation, minus the bestiality and That's the pedophilia he, stuff. You should have
0: thought of the be- bestiality. <laughs> I
2: know. but yeah, he just super racist comments and yeah. And then
0: Zoe Laverne.
2: Oh, Zoe Laverne was a whole huge scandal, which she basically was became super close with a thirteen-year-old. Oh. She's nineteen. Oh no, I think. <laughs> And there ended up leaking a video of her kissing him. What? Yeah. So everyone freaked out. And she's just, she's also said the N-word in a bunch of horrible things that people Jesus. already disliked her for. But then she kissed this 13-year-old boy and people freaked out because obviously they're going to freak out. Like, that's totally illegal and disgusting. You can handle yourself. Don't become super close to the 13-year-old if you have feelings. Think about right. it next time, Zoe.
0: Well, so who wins between her and Shane Dawson? Who got more, who got more?
2: I think I dislike Zoe Laverne more. And that's not to like dismantle anything that Shane did, but I just dislike her more.
0: All right. Maybe, maybe they're both winners or losers in this case. (laughs) The, uh, the dumbest cancel culture moment. So cancel culture
2: is not just a big thing in
0: real life. And you're in this whole teen culture world. It's constant. It's always always
2: going. There's always hateful people out there. And sometimes victims aren't, Should not be chosen. So this time around, there was Claire Drake and Yodeling Haley, which are two participants in the Four Freak Show, which I'm absolutely obsessed with. There's these four kids who do Zoom videos and just act in these characters and make fun of each other and stuff. Super funny. But um, basically, Claire's situation was that she, um, she used a filter a year or two ago that gave her edges in the filter Mm. which are like oh uh, uh, well-known that renowned bad. like it's um black girls to like lay down their baby hairs in like a specific style okay. which is super beautiful but it was a filter that was made for anyone to use and i'm sure many people had used it and everyone just freaked out that they found this picture of her using a filter that gave her edges. Okay. And she apologized and she felt horrible. She's a 15-year-old girl. Like, it was a super sad apologize. She was crying and everything. Yeah. But I just, I don't think that that was worth freaking out over because she explained that she had learned and she would never do anything like that again. And I just thought it was, I thought it was a bad moment for cancel culture.
0: So two things there. One is she's young. To she made an honest mistake that she realized yeah, afterwards. Afterwards it like and she ignorance. had
2: grown from there. And yeah. then Haley's situation was that she made a joke on his on one of their Twitch live streams a year back about Michael Jackson and his um pedophilia.
0: Yeah. Alleged, Meanwhile, rumored lawsuit, alleged, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. All
2: that stuff. She made a joke about it and people found it and freaked out. Meanwhile, everyone's making jokes about yeah. Zoe Laverne. On TikTok, who was also involved in that sort of realm, and right. another guy, Tony Lopez, who was involved in that same sort of thing, TikToker. It just felt it felt super um, disgusting. Those and sound unfair. Recoverable. Yeah, I think the definitely recoverable. Be all right. They'll be fine. All right. But the bad moment for us.
0: The worst apology to the cancel culture warriors goes to
2: Dixie D'Amelio.
0: Okay, what'd she do?
2: Well, we just discussed her situation with uh, spitting out the snail.
0: Oh, that was that apology.
2: Yeah. Okay. It just felt like super dishonest. She didn't really apologize for what she did. And she handled the situation completely horribly. So next time, don't clap back at the people who are trying to educate you, especially Trisha Paytas, because you'll never win against her. Just yep. apologize and move forward and explain that you will grow from this situation.
0: Well, you so you have 2021 your prediction for breakout influencers. You think four freak show bounces back. Yeah. And becomes the dominant force. Totally.
2: I think they're so cool and smart. And especially in the times we're in when you can't see friends constantly, they feel like a friend group that you get to watch interact and hang out and socialize and be super funny together. I just think they're going to be super successful, smart people. If this means that they're going to continue the freak show or go off and do something else, I just think there's a bright future. For, How old are
0: those kids? They're like 19, 20?
2: Yeah, there's a couple. No, there's like 17, 19, 15. Yeah, oh. that range. So pretty close to me. I think they're awesome.
0: Okay. Your comeback influencer of the year is Logan Paul.
2: Yeah. So Logan Paul, as we all know, got into a scandal a couple years back. He posted a YouTube video in this forest in Japan that was known for, Um, it's called like a suicide forest or something like yeah. that. Probably not a good idea to be filming or going into a suicide forest in general but he filmed a man who um had committed and kind yeah. of made a joke about it and it was really horrible and people totally turned on him rightfully so but it was kind
0: of the first like truly canceled influence
2: yeah i think he i think he was he yeah. was the kickstart to the cancel culture yeah but Recently, I haven't watched his videos as much. I know Ben has been watching him a lot, but I've been following him lightly and he seems like he's really changed his entire mentality and is super apologetic about what he did and learned from it. And he's trying to shift his content towards things that he finds more interesting and has totally educated himself. So happy for you, Logan Paul. Glad you learned and that you took cancel culture and you learned from your mistakes. So I think think he's on a good route right now.
0: All right, we'll go positive. The TikTok, TikTok heartthrob of the year.
2: Oh my gosh, this is so funny. So basically there's a sound on TikTok. I'm not sure what the song is called, but it's just like a dancing sound that people had been dancing to and using in the background of their videos. And this guy on a football team, I think he's committed to Harvard.
0: So he's Which a high is, school kid going to Harvard.
2: Yeah, okay. and he's he plays on a football team. He's well known as number seven on TikTok. Don't know his real name. Just know that he's number seven. But he just made this dancing video where it starts off with him solo walking out of a house just like singing to this song and then it turns and he's with a bunch of his teammates jumping in a circle singing to the song. And he got super famous off of it. He won won everyone's heart and he just keeps making the same video, the same sound, sometimes different sounds. And he's just the heartthrob of the year. Number seven. Don't know your name. Number seven.
0: The Jacob Elordi award for (laughs) heartthrob of the year. Yeah. Um, Okay. Congrats to number seven. Congrats number number seven.
2: Good luck at Harvard or whatever you're going.
0: Most dangerous teen trend.
2: Okay, so the well-renowned Omegle wins this one. And Explain if you don't what know Omegle what Omegle is. Omegle is. A lot of
0: people don't know what it is.
2: Um, It's basically like a website similar to FaceTime, but you can skip the people who you get. And it's completely random people that you're being put with on like this FaceTime type of window. And you can talk to them. And if you don't want to talk to them, you can skip them. And you put in filters like TikTok or baseball or whatever, and it will give you people with... Um, similar filters as you. So you can kind of like gear your people towards whatever you want to see. So it's like
0: almost like a little bit of like Tinder grinder yeah, in there too I without guess. the sex because it's a pandemic. Yeah. Maybe they're...
2: So that's... that's What I've don't met... you like
0: about it? What is, what what is your biggest What I don't like concern? is that
2: it's definitely available to creepy people mm. who can go on there and do creepy things.
0: Pretend they're somebody they're not.
2: Yeah. Or just be doing something disgusting.
0: Or talk to your brother.
2: Yeah. And, and start playing video games with your brother and (laughs) become close friends with your brother. So you feel like
0: this one's not going to last?
2: No, I feel like it is going to last. I just think you got to look out for yourselves if you're going on there. I've met a few friends on there, but I would just say, be careful with how you use Omegle. And if you do use it, because there have been some horror stories I've heard of. Okay.
0: Why don't you be careful?
2: I will be careful.
0: I don't even like that you're on this thing.
2: I won't use Can't it me? anymore.
0: You could meet people <laughs> in a lot of different ways. Uh, lamest Gen Z backlash of 2020. You said Ed Sheeran and Louis Capaldi.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: You don't like. You didn't like how they were treated this year. What? Did they yeah.
2: Do okay. So we we all know Ed Sheeran and obviously Louis Capaldi as well. But Ed Sheeran, Louis Capaldi, the,
0: guy, I yeah, we is the guy you used to make fun of. Yeah, he is the guy you
2: used to make fun of. Maybe someone else used to love.
0: What's that song? Yeah,
2: that was right in the, day well, in the <laughs> Look well. at you, was Capaldi fan over here Definitely not a fan <laughs> But um, Ed Sheeran has had many, many hits And he's a great artist yeah. He writes music, he's written music for Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez Like all these people, all these songs that everyone's obsessed with He's written them Meanwhile, everyone's um, hating on him because of the way he looks
0: Because he's got red hair?
2: Because he got red hair and he's not like the idealistic look. You're amazing at Sharon, but it's just for so for me. our society, he's not like the beauty standard and people are hating on him because of that. Meanwhile, he's a super talented guy and it just totally clashes with the entire like idea that 2020 is trying to bring with my generation. It's just you can it's so confusing. Like
0: Woke's always appalled by this.
2: Oh, stop it. And Who? same with Lewis. He's he's getting hate for the same reason. Meanwhile, he what makes he, like? he makes good music. I mean, uh, he's, he's, he's a normal guy. Yeah. Just a normal guy. He's not like, yeah.
0: Um, all right. The next award is for the Zoe Simmons really ridiculous, really dumb personal trend of the year.
2: Wow. Really ridiculous. And dumb.
0: it was ridiculous and dumb. Uh, Okay. Why don't you explain what the trend is and the audience can decide.
2: Um, well, sometimes. In the time period we're in now, I don't have a lot of places to go, a lot of things to get ready for, as I would normally if we weren't in a pandemic. I watch YouTubers getting ready (laughs) so I can live through them getting ready and I don't actually have to get ready. So
0: you watch somebody like in their bathroom getting ready to go
2: out for
0: like 20 minutes. Yeah. And what are you trying to learn from this? Like no, make tips or
2: no? I just like it's like the thrill of getting ready and going somewhere. This is what my life has come to, guys. <laughs> and if you, if you're in the same boat as me and would like wat- to watch people get ready, I suggest Brittany and Brooke Mooney, mm. who are from Long Island. Just just thought to throw that out there.
0: They're just really good at getting ready. They're
2: really good at getting Where ready. They,
0: do they actually go anywhere? They're just oh, I don't
2: ready? know. Okay. I don't care. That I just like great. the thrill of them getting ready.
0: Um. The the this is the first ever Lele Pons award. Lele Pons. Oh Lele Pons. Lele Pons award for better be careful. <laughs> you you might lose everything if you don't change. You might some become bad
2: irrelevant.
0: Yeah. So who wins this one? You have the Demilio sisters. I have written down. That's, oh
2: okay. Yeah yeah yeah. So um, what,
0: what do they have to be careful of? Because they had a lot of success, but now.
2: It just it seems so similar to the way that Lele Pons was. She was like my favorite embarrassingly, my favorite Instagram person in seventh grade. I thought her videos were hilarious, but she just kind of died off and her humor didn't really match with my humor now because I'd like to say I'm a little bit more sophisticated and mature than I was in seventh grade. But even like the D'Amelios, they don't really appeal to me that much because they don't make content that I'm that interested in. And I don't support a, a lot of the things that they do and that they keep quiet with a lot of situations that happen. So... I would say start gearing your content towards, towards people that are my age as well, and not only dances and videos that are interesting to littler kids.
0: Right. Make it a little smarter.
2: Yeah, make okay. it a little smarter. I wanna right. watch your videos, I wanna support you.
0: Funniest romance of the year. This is your girl, Trisha Paytas.
2: Oh, yeah, Trisha making a comeback. So, what Ladies happened? Ladies and gents, Trisha Paytas is officially engaged. To who? I don't know his name. Just some random dude he started dating like three months ago, maybe.
0: And why? Why did this delight you so much?
2: Um, because Trisha Paytas is such an extra person, and as we know, he is. She is. Um, she's kind of crazy. Mm. And so basically, her and her boyfriend went on a photo shoot dressed up as Aladdin, the Aladdin characters. Okay. So she was the girl, and he was the guy, and they were they were all dressed up in these costumes, and she ended up. Getting engaged to in a belly suit, wow! <laughs> With wearing a crown and the whole getup, so you're
0: not confident in this marriage. Definitely
2: not long. confident, considering I only heard about him a couple of months ago, and she's absolutely insane. Yeah, don't see all that could go well. But best of luck to you, Trisha, and your new fiance. Not sure what his name is, but we'll call him Aladdin for now.
0: In your least favorite relationship of 2020, Noah Beck and Dixie.
2: This easily goes to Noah Beck and Dixie D'Amelio. If you guys don't know, Dick, or Noah Beck's another you or TikToker that emerged a couple months ago off of one random viral thirst trap video. Yeah. But him and Dixie got into a relationship, and he's totally into it more than she is. He's calling her baby and all these cutesy things in James Charles' video that he just made with them, and she's, like, totally dismissive of him. Like, seems like she doesn't even want to be involved with him. So you feel
0: like it's a career move. Yeah, totally
2: a career move. But he actually likes her and she doesn't like him. And they just made like a lie detector test video. And she was like answering all these horrible questions. Like he asked if she loved him and she said no or something. And like, that's a fair answer. But it's just come on, buddy. Like you knew that was coming. Don't ask that question on the lie detector test. It just didn't go well for the two of them. I don't have faith.
0: All right, we'll do a quick speed round before we go. Two Taylor Swift albums came out this year. Yeah. Uh, which one did you like more?
2: I liked Folklore more, but I think Evermore has some great songs on it. I'm just still so hooked on Folklore.
0: So you think Taylor Swift, one of her biggest years ever? I, I can't believe easily, you still like her. She's been of, in your life ever I know. since you liked music. I kind of
2: fell off during her half like pop genre, I guess. And now she's back into like this kind of indie, f- like cool stuff that I like.
0: What about uh you think secret marriage, the rumors of the secret marriage or anything like I'm that? I'm so no? confused
2: with that. Okay. I mean, I I it could make sense considering a lot of her songs are based off of these like lovey dovey mystery men.
0: Okay. And
2: maybe maybe she is married. Honestly, I could see it for her. I totally support it. Taylor, just let us in on let us in on it. I'd like to know.
0: Favorite new musician of the year? Do you have one?
2: I don't know if there's any if there's any like new ones that I'm super interested in.
0: Okay. Um, Favorite show that you streamed in twenty twenty?
2: That's super. I would say haunting a blind Manor. on Netflix. On Netflix. You
0: also like the wilds on Amazon.
2: Oh, the wilds too. I haven't finished that yet, but that's a that's a really good show. It's kind of like a spinoff of Lost.
0: You like little big little lies? Oh yeah, you I like that too. One. But I
2: liked it because it was ridiculous.
0: You liked uh, uh, defending Jacob? Oh, defending Jacob? Sh- oh yeah, of course. Was.
2: Love that. Was- big Mouth season four, great.
0: To all the boys, I I love too. Whatever that one is, I you didn't were down like on that, that movie.
2: One. No.
0: Was there like a hit Netflix teen culture movie this year that that? uh
2: I truly, I don't think so. I I was not impressed with anything that came out, and I'm waiting for um the new series of High School Musical: The Musical: The Series that's supposed to come out, despite the cast drama that they have.
0: You're excited. Is that like Zac Efron's and that or it's a totally no, new cast? No, it's totally
2: different. It's okay. They had it last year during December times and it was this girl, Olivia Rodrigo. And then she was the star of the show and it was basically a bunch of kids in high school who were at the high school that um, High School Musical was filmed at, remaking High School Musical as their play. And it was super good. Great show. I think they're coming out with the season two, so very excited.
0: What happens when the pandemic ends to to teen culture? Is That's it a, like great a great question. A great blossoming of like, I don't even know, because everybody's indoors trying to be creative. And then, yeah, I mean, want to hang out with their friends. Maybe it goes south.
2: I, I think it might go south because when you're given, right now, we're forced to be creative and people like Emma Chamberlain, she's forcing herself to be creative and find these things. And I'm worried when we go back to the new, the real world, like we forgot what the real world is like and how to yeah. create in the real world and stuff. And it just might be so overwhelming for teen culture that it can totally plateau. Hmm. so we'll see what happens but I would like to think that it will go well it's just you never know
0: so basically we went into the year with TikTok Snapchat a tiny bit of Instagram
2: I still stand by that
0: and that's where we ended 2020 as yeah, well yeah
2: I definitely TikTok and Snapchat are, are my two huge ones YouTube as well YouTube okay. has become more into play as time has gone on and Netflix
0: alright Zoe Simmons thanks for coming on thanks for having me thanks for, for wrapping having up me. Teen culture
2: yeah thanks guys
0: All right. That's it for the pod. You will see me on Sunday night with the cuz on this feed, the first podcast of 2021. I'm so happy we're headed for 2021. Enjoy the uh, New Year's Eve and the new year. And I will see you on this feed over the weekend. Stay safe. Thanks for everything.